Hello, kits and caboodles. Welcome to Haunted Picture Palace. Well done. I'm remembering which podcast you're doing. (laughs) My name isn't important, but this is Ben. Hello. And I'm Amelia. Yes. And together we are Haunted Picture Palace. And today we're going to talk about Gremlins. Yes. Today we're going to talk about Gremlins from 1984. It's not a Spielberg film, everybody, even though it looks, acts, smells, tastes and feels like one. Well, no, technically none. No, but, but it is a little bit of Spielberg. I a mean, little like, bit, but not a lot He was bit. certainly involved. Yes. Yes. He was annoying. <laughs> Every single note I saw on him being involved was being annoying. At one point, seeing a sort of couple of scenes of it suggesting that it had too many gremlins in it and that they should take some out and call it people. Which I just find the most excruciatingly I, irritating thing. I just assumed that was a that was a, a joke. Or that, yes, that but it, it's, just, it's not that, though, is it? You've well, spent it, all this time making a film and then you're like, I'm Steven Spielberg, time for my joke time to shine. Yeah, fair enough. You know? Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. we won't start uh, with too oh, much of a Debbie Down. We will talk about his alterations to the film, though, because I think there's they a couple of points where, yes. I, where I go, mm, why have they done that? And the answer, when I looked it up later, the answer to both of these was, Steven Spielberg did that because he was Steven Spielberg. Yes. So. <laughs> but I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> yes, this is in fact a film directed by Joe Dante. Indeed it is. Who directed... Small Soldiers. Yep. The Howling. And The Howling, yes. The proud director of Piranha. Indeed. From the 70s. Yep, and the uncredited director of Rock and Roll High School, also from the 70s. Wow. Anyway, bouncing back, (laughs) in 1984, uh, we have Gremlins. Little bit of a content warning. It's disgusting, frankly. It's really gross. (laughs) There's lots of very weird gore. It's kind of, I would say, fantasy gore for the most part, but there are some pretty suggestive things in it. Yeah, there's some, like, body horror elements to it. Body horror, a little bit of assault going on, a little bit of... A little bit of just suggestions of things. So they, they play quite close to the line for most of it, and then you get like things exploding. So yeah. just brace, brace yourself. Yeah, it's you probably might... going to be disturbing rather than give you nightmares, but don't let very small children watch it. Yeah, it's a 15 <laughs> certificate, yeah. and it remains a 15 certificate. I haven't looked to see when it was re- if it was been recently submitted, because it could be that it... It may be a 12 now. Oh, really? I mean, if it were submitted today, it may come out a 12. Oh, I see. Because they do change the guidelines. They do, but I again. think it's just too violent. I think the the deaths in it are too much for a 12. No, that makes sense. Yeah, um, and because you can see blood, that's often a, a thing. Yeah. Even though it's not human blood colour, because you yeah. can see a thing with blood, they will often up the rating for that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Mm. I understand that. Yes, because if you're watching it as well, the first sort of half hour or so yeah. is very you certificate. Absolutely, it's and a Christmas might, film. You might be sitting there wondering, you yeah. know, why why is this a fifteen? And if yeah. you maybe I don't know, perhaps some of our listeners have small children and very busy schedules, and maybe you watch the first twenty minutes and think, oh, this is this fine is for fine. little Jimmy. Don't show it to little Jimmy. Oh, show it. <laughs> show it to little Jimmy. I want to have an angry email from you saying. <laughs> You told me to show it to Little Jimmy, and then Little Jimmy's a head case. Yes. Yes. Oh! 
we have a kind of film noir style narration, which, which is a weird choice uh, yeah. that we go for at the beginning, abandon for the whole film and then pick <laughs> up again at the end. I don't know. That's that's not similar to Miracle on 34th Street, is it? Sorry, oh, uh, to It's a Wonderful Life. Well, yeah, because there is the narration. But about, does it drop away? I think. I think it drops away. I think so. Well, it's because it's Clarence doing the narrating, and he's yeah. a character in, in vision. Well, exactly, in the, in the film. and the Whereas, dad in this is not um, a main character. No, I guess he's absent for the second half of the yeah. film. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> although we keep cutting back to him, but yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's picked up, dropped. Yeah, it's a very interesting stereotype of 80s Chinatown. I feel like 80s cinema, late 70s to mid 80s, were massively obsessed with Chinatown and everything it represented. It popped up a lot. And I mean, there was the revival in James Bond. 90s James Bond goes quite hard into Chinatown. So it does, yeah. Prior, but then again, that's because it's made by people that had just grown up watching a bunch of stuff about how cool China. No, is, and seventies right? James Bond goes with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like there's um, all these kind of um, things of being um, whatever happens in Chinatown stays there. It's a completely different, wacky, crazy world. Everyone's up to something. The mystic sure. mysticism of the East. Yeah. The you know the mists of the Orient. All of these really interesting racist things, but it's a really. Um, Interesting trope to have the small boy zhuzh you down an alley, right? Sure. The small Asian child being like, come, come. Uh, very Indiana Jones, I know for some reason, and listen to this, he's never seen them. Ben has never seen Indiana Jones films, despite them literally being made for him. Nah, not my thing. Literally being made for him. <laughs> there is, uh, I'm not going to do an impression, but there is a very specific Asian child in... Indiana Jones. Which Indiana Jones? Temple of Doom, I believe. Just, I'm just working out where because they made them over like a ten year period, didn't they? Yeah. And and then they made another one that everyone hated. Is that right? Yes, that's yeah. true. Uh, <laughs> uh, except one person who recently told me that was her favourite one, so it was nice knowing her. Thoughts and prayers. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, really similar. That dress the same. It looks like a deliberate thing, and I don't think it is. Although right. both Spielberg, right? Yeah, or Spielberg, as you said. As yeah. you've been so it could just be one pains to point out. Rather than this is not a Spielberg. Produ- yeah. <laughs> well, it's a Spielberg production. It's not a Spielberg direction. <laughs> True. Um, it is the first time we see the Amblin logo in use like that, oh, though, which nice. is interesting. Yes, with the little bike. Um, of course, from ET. From ET, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. and lots of Easter eggs of ET in the film. Not Easter eggs, you know what I mean, like little references. Indeed. Is that an Easter egg? Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Although you know. That's usually a spoiler, yeah. isn't it? It's got like a or a hint. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, Easter, Easter. It's a hidden thing, isn't yeah. it? A little hidden little secret thing. Little secret thing. Like a like a Easter egg. Yes. Another. So it's two big tropes, big eighties tropes, right from the get go. We have this is definitely what Chinatown is like. It's full of con merchants and nobody looks like they've had a health and safety check. Sure. And also we've got the old guy with the. Uh, sorry, if I'm jumping on your point. No, go. On. An old guy with like a sort of kung fu long beard. A cap totally. and a and a pipe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely no reason on God's earth why he should be able to speak absolutely perfect English, but he does. It's important, you know. Yeah. Like, even if he's a first generation immigrant, mm-hmm. he's totally within his rights to be fluent and fine, and definitely has time for this bumbling salesman. <laughs> but on the other side of this, we are coming into our eighties obsession with the infomercial and the salesman <laughs> and with pyramid schemes 
This sure. is a, a hugely Avon um, Hoover salesmen that are actually with the company Hoover. Right. Uh, people that used to sell the encyclopedia door to door. Of course. All of that stuff got moved into infomercial territory, and it meant it was the kind of death of the door to door salesman, mm-hmm. or at least they would move on. But it also meant that loads of kind of gullible people would be like, I could make my absolute fortune doing this. So it was like this weird plastic American version of sales Mm -hmm. that you could bring to people directly to their homes, either through your local TV station or through like actually knocking. But alongside that, he is actually an inventor. So he's doing it through the lens of technology is modern and new and great and we can make anything we want. But yeah, what's his slogan? It's like incredible things for an incredible world or something like that. Fanta- fan- fantastic. fantastic things for a fantastic world. Yes, yeah. I was close. Yes. Um, there's another phrase. He's got two, hasn't he? Probably a lot of Like patter. I make the impossible possible kind sure. of yeah. silliness. But it's interesting to see them both in a one as soon as we open. And I mean, <laughs> also like yuppies have disappeared. We don't have those anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't call them that. We don't have them. But they're so specific, and he's not quite a yuppie. No, there he hasn't is a, got the money. There is a yuppie in this. There film. is a yuppie, and he's a major one, and uh. very obvious. <laughs> but we don't meet him yet. So we're in this mystical shop. Yep. I was going to say, I'm sorry, just to go back, you said, you mentioned pyramid schemes and stuff. But I think it's important to lay out here that, like, Mr. Peltz is not a con man. You know, no, no, he's no, not no. trying to like. It's not like. No, he would be being the con. Right. Yes. Fair enough. What I mean okay. By that. Yes. He is the salesman at the end. That's like I've got a deal for you, because yeah. he doesn't understand what the deal for you is. He's like genuinely trying to sell you timeshares because he believes in it. Right. You gotcha. You know? yeah, yeah. No, it's just yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it, it, no, he. His fully character is sketched very quickly here, so he's nice, and he's completely turned deaf. It's like it's obvious that this Oriental gentleman is not going to be interested in what is it that he tries to sell him. The is it the bathroom one? Yes, the yeah. um, when you're on the go, having to sh- sort of yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when you're commuting and stuff, and this guy's like, I clearly just smoke a pipe and look like the caterpillar. Yeah, from uh, Alice in Wonderland. But yes, yeah, sorry, do carry on. Well, I was going to say I've actually met alcohol sales reps like this guy. Right, really similar vibe. Uh, that would be the alternative now, I guess, because they're the ones that still travel around and try and sell you stuff. Reps. Yeah, yeah. Um. But it's rare you get an inventor, you know. <laughs> so, yes, I've dealt with publishers' reps for a lot of my career. Yes. But uh, but it's rare that somebody, it happens, but it's very rare that somebody turns up and says, I've written a book and it's great and you should stock it. Yeah. Uh, Although more power to their elbow, unless they're just completely crackers. Yeah, I mean, a percentage of them are. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did ask the question, what exactly is this shop? <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird Chinese shop. Yeah, but what is it, though? But I mean... Yeah, it doesn't feel like commerce is at the forefront here. It doesn't feel like a... Even though there is the the grandson peddler off to go and bring people in off the street. Yeah. Like, there's nothing about Mr. Peltzer that suggests that... Well, I mean, Mr. Peltzer tries to buy something. I'm not jumping ahead here. but um, And is resolutely rebuffed by the owner of the shop, who's clearly pegged him as a total idiot. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Whatever's going on here, this is not a rapacious cutthroat capitalist endeavour no and he I would like to see a spin-off or a sequel or something where we don't follow the Mogwai back with him right we follow the the grandpa's sort of journey in that shop and like (laughs) discovering the loss and then having to run the drug cartel that's clearly running from there, yeah. you know, or some weird 
you know, well, doing out whatever whatever kind of punishment the grand exactly. the grandson will get. You did what <laughs> to to that guy? Exactly. But then also because we're in um, the racist eighties, we have to have it that he's uh, got like a particularly poisonous piece of puffer fish. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That why not? he farms in the back to sell his sashimi. Yeah. To a restaurant, and that it's extremely highly priced, and then there's this whole kind of, you know, like you need it. An apple can't needs to fall over at some point. Yeah. With an umbrella on it, so you know uh, it's absolutely. Japanese. Or yeah, I was going to say there'll be like a rickshaw chase. Or yes. Something. Also, yes. I mean, you've seen Big Trouble in Little China, right? Yes. <laughs> I think I am describing that by accident, but with fish. So. The rules are really early in this film because they're an integral part of the film. Indeed. We're pre-credits here still. We are pre-credits and we get the rules. Without looking, what are the rules? Uh, don't feed him after midnight. Yep. Don't get him wet. Yep. He hates bright light. Mm. Sunlight kills him. Sure. Hates bright lights, but sunlight okay, kills yeah. him. Okay, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was just reading my own dirtiness. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> This there is a very beautiful dog, but that's soon. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, so he basically says, "No, you can't have him." And the grandkids yeah. like, uh, "Don't be dumb, dumb, grandpa." Because yeah, he just flops out two hundred dollars on the table. Yeah. you know, and that's American a lot, cash. Yeah, yes, yeah. And that's that's this is nineteen eighty four. We're in here. Yeah, and it's and it's set in a you know contemporary, although it's a very like small town fifties America. Yeah, but it's definitely eighties. Oh yeah, you know yeah. every bit of fashion from. This time, except I will say, all the older people are actually dressed. I like this about it. All the older people are actually dressed like they are from the seventies and the sixties, because of course they are, because that's what actually happens. Yeah, it's very. It's only in modern times that the children and the adults basically dress, you know, yeah, interchangeably. Like, or also as if like everybody just woke up one day and were like, "Well, it's nineteen seventy-six. I better exactly. go and get my nineteen seventy-six clothes yeah. from the nineteen seventy-six store." Well, I think that's how a lot of those nineties films are going to look because yeah. they forgot, and also because most of their twenty-five-year-olds were playing the sixteen-year-olds, <laughs> so it's really hard to tell. Yeah, but still, like they they don't dress them like kids versus adults, mm-hmm. and it it makes sense to me that the old woman in this dresses like a kind of fifties. Dowager. Yes, because you know, because she would be. <laughs> yeah, and she's a, she's a widower as well. So yeah, you know, she's the husband's widow, portrait yeah. on the thing. Sorry, yes, a widow, a female widower. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, she's frozen in time a little bit, but uh, um, but yes, we've we've purchased the yeah the creature. We've got it. We've, we've taken it back. Anyway, we have a very beautiful dog. <laughs> This dog in the film is called Barney. What's his name? Yeah, it's Barney, isn't it? Barney, but yeah. is really called Mushroom, which I feel like is a detail. Yeah, the we actor. Should know. The actors. The should, dog it's actor. always good to credit the actors, and in this oh, one, no. it's Mushroom doing great work. Oh, Mushroom! It uh, is a Chris Columbus film as well. I didn't mention. Oh that. yes, so mm. he wrote it. Is that right? Yes, that's yes. right. Yes, writer uh, of first Harry Potter film. Yes, Ed Ray. Well remembered. Um, and some more famous ones as well. Uh, well, I mean, that's very famous, but that's... it's not famous for him. No, but that um, is extremely famous. Home Alone is him, I think. Oh, really? I think so. Just loves kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to talk very briefly yeah. about Rockin' Ricky Rialto. Yeah, go on. The, I was um, curious about him. I wrote, the, I wrote a note to the radio DJ. Well, my note is find out whether it really is Don Steele or just sounds like him. And then mm-hmm. it really is Don Steele, the Don real Steel. Don Steele, who was a real DJ, but who um, devotees of trash cinema will know mm-hmm. as the DJ in Death Race 2000. 
Oh. <laughs> Um, that was an awful film. The Do original not watch. one, anyway, yeah. and Grand Theft Auto, the film that which and uh, Rock and Roll High School. Wow. Okay. All made That's in a a, a, all made in like about a five year period, all by Roger Corman. <laughs> How funny! Uh, and in which and on Rock and Roll High School, the reason I mentioned it earlier is because yeah. Joe Dante did some uncredited directing work on that, so it's yeah. obviously where he got this actor from yeah totally if that makes sense yeah yeah um, also turned up as himself on an episode of Bewitched apparently according to the internet <laughs> when I looked up. but, I, but I, I knew I recognised his voice and it, also it looks like him because there's a picture of him on the yes, billboard yeah and it's, it's clearly a drawing of Don Steele nice <laughs> and yeah it's an inconsequential character but but yeah if you you might think well, why is he given such prominence and that's why it's, well, a, it's a cameo there's that but I also I enjoy his his presence later yeah Something caught my eye in a shot where we're introduced to our leading man, whose name is... Billy. Billy. <laughs> there you go. That was easy, wasn't it? We got there in the end. What's I did the one actor? of yours. Zach G- Gilligan. Is it? Yeah, Zach Gilligan. Ah, oh, I was close. You were so close. He's a handsome man, actually, but he didn't really work in anything this big ever again. No, do you know why? No, not I at all. I wasn't really able find to find it. anything. No, hmm. but it could be choice. I mean, often when young actors are in there, it's a bit much. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's a lot. Um, he does well. Here, he does very well. And, it, I mean, I don't know how old he's meant to be playing. Well, he has a job in a bank. He does. So he's, like... Maybe late teens, early 20s, I think. Yeah. But anyway, he's marching his dog across a courtyard. The courtyard that they're in, by the way, is the same set as was used for Back to the Future the following year. Of course it is. So yeah. it's the... The cinema looks the same. It's very uh, distinctive. Kingston Falls is the name of the town that they're in. The cinema, the thing that caught my eye about the cinema mm-hmm. was the name of the movie that was playing. Oh, yeah. And it was A Boy's Life, Watch the Skies. Right. Um, do, you, do you have any association with that? Watch the Skies is familiar, mm-hmm. but I can't tell you for why. It was the fake name that they put on the reels when they were transporting E.T. to cinemas. Ah. So it was the... Oh, yeah. so the people don't... Yeah. So people don't know yes. that that is E.T. extraterrestrial. Um, which I really like, but it had stuck in my head somewhere because I was like, that's a thing. You know, <laughs> when I looked it up, I found it. Um, Sucking up to the executive producer there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He probably put it in. Hmm. We meet love interest Kate. Yep. A.K.A. Phoebe Cates. Phoebe Cates of topless fame. (laughs) She was considered maybe to not be wholesome enough for the role because of that role. She lost a lot of work because of that, apparently. Wow. Um, But I mean, also, she she gained a lot in teenage followers. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if those count. Those deposits count. Film. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, of yes, course, is what you're Amy Heckerling's film, who also directed Clueless. Interesting. Yeah. It was a female director. Yeah. Wow. That kind of makes a difference in a weird way, doesn't it? <laughs> I guess. A lot of people, because Cameron Crowe wrote it, who did mm-hmm. Almost Famous 20 years later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's, what's his face? Sean Penn. Is it? It's a lot of people at like, the start of their careers in that film. Good yeah. spots all round. You know, good picks. But mm. anyway, she appears here looking absolutely bloody awful. We are in full 80s rayon nylon blend to the point of where no matter how good the lighting team are, you're not going to get away with a shot that doesn't look like it's going to catch fire if you sit too close to like a heater. Um, She is glowing with synthetic fabrics. It's not a nice shape, despite it being popular now. It's got the high like Edwardian collar matched with what just looked like chicken legs, 
for for sleeves. But anyway, it's yeah. fine because it's completely saved by a tiny plastic bow hair clip. <laughs> it was very of the time in the 80s, particularly the mids. And that blusher, if you ever want a blusher to tutorial, it's this film. It's her in this film right. when they accidentally make every time she looks bruised look like blusher because her blusher was already so severe. <laughs> you, you won't be able to unsee it. Thanks for uh, my note on that was just, is Amelia going to say anything about that dress? So thank you for um, <laughs> okay. for doing that. Well, we're also introduced to another female lead. Well, a female character, Mrs. Deagle. Oh, yes. Played by uh, Polly Holiday. Spelt, <laughs> spelt how it sounds. Um, the, I mean, yeah, that sounds like a made up Christmas name, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it does. And it's spelt like that. Yeah. <laughs> With two L's in holiday. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's introduced here really as like a cartoon villain. But she's just the witch, right? From The Wizard of Oz. You've seen Wizard of Oz. How yeah. long has it been? I mean, a, a few years. Okay. Well, in the beginning, there's mm-hmm. that whole scene where she's like, and I'll have your dog before mm-hmm. she's the witch. Right, so yes, when of she's course. the old woman and she's like crotchety and she's on her bike and they get the did 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 for the first time. Mm-hmm. She's been horrible and threatened the dog's life, and it's exact. It's the same scene. Sure. So I was like, "Are we referencing that deliberately?" And we're having like the Gremlins as the Munchkins because that is a wild <laughs> ride. Well, if that's what I we're doing, I think it's very plausible. I've got a couple of like um, sort of potential film references here that are on a spectrum of plausibility. Okay, interesting. And I didn't pick up on that, but <laughs> wow, okay, it wouldn't surprise me. You yeah. know, we. Like, Joe Dante clearly knows his yes, definitely. his old films, right? And he knows his heritage, I guess yes. you would say. It's kind of an extension of it. It's the stuff that she wants to say, but the, that was filmed in the 30s. So <laughs> the stuff about graphically threatening the dog yeah. is the stuff that's the equivalent to, like, I'll have him put down, you know? <laughs> like, because he, he goes for her or something when she's on her bike. Yeah. Um, and similarly, the dog goes for Mrs. Deagle. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the bank because yes. she's basically been like, your dog's a menace. It's the same speech. Yeah, and she's she's, she's real nasty, you know, because he's, yeah. he's he's apologised. The dog's broken an ornament. Big, yeah, a, a big, horrible snowman. A big horrible imported snowman. Yes. So the next door neighbour who hates foreign things would not be pleased. And and he but he immediately says like, gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, tell me how much yeah. I owe you and I'll pay for it. And she's like, I don't want I your don't money. I don't want that. I want your dog. I want your dog. <laughs> yeah. We meet a yuppie. Yes, superfluous character alert. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 because it was impossible for us to get through a Christmas film in the 80s without having Judge Reinhold in it. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> I had only just seen him in San- The Santa Claus, uh, starring Tim Allen the wow. other day. And here he is again. Don't look at me like that. Uh, and here he is again. I was trying to get in the spirit. Um, <laughs> yeah, whiskey. Yeah, Run. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, like the shop around the corner was right there, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I needed to watch an alcoholic in order to feel like I was allowed. Oh, I see. Um, but yes, there he was. And I think he has about a 10 or 15 year span of being in every single Christmas or feel good film. It's a, it's a living, isn't it? It's fine. He's always got the same jumper. But <laughs> he appears as an actual factual 80s yuppie here. They got the coat. I will say anyone that's seen American Psycho has it in a wanna like that that right. aesthetic of the kind of turtleneck whoops i'm in love with those at the moment turtleneck or roller neck with the long beige coat with shoulder pads in it 
you know the one with an, an extra yeah, long I scarf remember his coat yeah absolutely um and then probably some sort of hideous 80s jumper and like weirdly sculpted hair oh yeah stop i love it it's <laughs> disgusting it feels like someone i would make cry on purpose <laughs> you know if i met them i feel like i would have just been they wouldn't have talked to me because i was too fat but if i'd met them and gotten drunk enough that would have been tears um so go on well it's like as i said superfluous character right he turns up here he's a mate of our hero he's not is he well no he's a co-worker of his that hates him i mean they're not nice to each other they go for a drink together right billy's drinking alone i I assumed that they have some some social connection anyway perhaps they were in school together i just thought they no they work together they're in the same bank yeah that yeah but fair enough maybe that's all it is uh, but it's a that, tiny place. But yeah. then he then he immediately sort of vanishes from yep. the film, and I've said, oh, it's pointless. But then actually, his purpose is to represent yuppie capitalism, yes, against like the sort of small town America that this is very clearly set in, yes. right? Which is then underlined because then immediately after the pub scene, yeah. he goes home and It's a Wonderful Life is playing on the telly, and so we're in exactly that kind of small town of you know Merry Christmas old building and then Jimmy Stewart got you small town America in opposition to. This guy who's like, well, you know, but I'm I'm assistant manager now, and then in a few years I'll be manager, and then I'll be a millionaire by the time I'm thirty. Yeah. Which is like the antithesis of like the mum and pop grocery store. Yeah. Interesting. That, that's my that's my idea anyway because. Well, I had him as the alpha to show that Billy isn't normally in the lead, which right. is interesting as well, right? The difference. So I had it that, as in in our in our view of it, mm-hmm. I had it that he's there to show. Billy up in front of the girl he likes. Yep. Um, but also to show that the girl likes Billy for yeah, Billy. Yeah, the girl, the girl he likes not, is not the least bit interested. You know, he says, hey, come and see my new flat, and my new like, apartment. I haven't seen your old one. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> and then picks a bit of fluff off Billy's uh, exactly. sh- jumper. Yeah. It's a really nice bit of character. It's work. really sweet. She did say that kissing him in this film was like kissing a brother. So oh. I don't think he was getting in there. Dear. But um, I think they worked together on the film that she, that she was... I think he might have been in the, what's it called, high one. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, right. I think so, or something like that. Oh, no, sorry, um, Judge Reinhold was right. in that as well. So okay, they knew yes. each other already, so, so that other. would have been a relaxed yeah. bit of banter, you know. Um, the They've got great chemistry there, the two of them, actually. Billy and, and Kate. Kate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're very believable as teenagers in that sense, yeah. even if they look 25. Yeah. yeah. The um, yeah, they seem sweet, but I think that's what you get if you're brotherly as well. Yes, if it's yes. brother sister, no, then yeah, you're, you're, yeah, be you're right. You're right. There is like a nice chemistry between them, but it's not particularly romantic. No, exactly. It's just comfortable, I think, or, or yeah. happy. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Um, hang on, where am I? Oh, I love every single invention in this film. <laughs> They're great, aren't they? Such good tech. The um, the first. Well, this is the second one we see. We've seen the. Travel, travel, men's travel yeah. pack horror. Um, <laughs> now we get to see. Now we get to see the egg, the egg one. That's a yep. real sensory memory. That and the fruit juice one later. Yep. Really stuck in my mind. There's something about them. They're really nicely done. They're kind of grotesque '80s caricatures of the tech that people were making then they got all the right shapes and colors and stuff but the egg one is so great because it's got such a manic head head headbutt and it's the way that the actor that plays billy is just like 
handling the eggs. It just looks really... So ginger. So, well, my favourite thing about it is the horrible cluck noise it makes every time. It yeah. Goes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's the mania for me. Fair enough. Like, smack! Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was so close to being fine. Yeah, then... well, what is, one of my note on this, right, mm. is that that is established as, is not just like a bad inventor, mm-hmm. he's an almost good inventor, right? The quote from the mother is, his things work so well for the first couple first of weeks. couple of weeks. You know, it's not... And, and that's good. That, that really works because it's not just that... And it's easy to go down the route of that, like he's just terrible at this, and like yep. the things that he makes immediately catch fire, yep. or like sever a limb or something. But it's not that. It's like they yeah, they do kind of work, but just not very well or not for very long. Yeah, and it's nice. I like that. Uh, I then asked, "How old is Billy meant to be?" What did you come up with? Because I've said, you know, 19, 20, but what well, do you feel? Well, it's the 80s, so they wouldn't allow anybody to be living at home in their 20s. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's very unlikely that in a film they would have, like, a 26-year-old, but I would say 25, 26. Right. Weirdly. Uh, where was I? We're talking about how old Billy might be. Yes, I think he's early 20s, mid, mid to, uh, early to mid, and that that makes... The girl a little bit younger, but she's still old enough to work in a bar, so she can't be under 21. Of course 21. she must be over 21. Good point. So, yeah. Or it's just such a small town she's been in there since she was 15. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's also possible. Yeah. Um, where am I? The wall swords made me laugh. Apparently they are identical props, if not the same ones, to the ones used in the Buffy and Angel fight scene. <laughs> yes. I remember we... <laughs> <laughs> What? I remember that from when we watched this before when we were watching Buffy because oh, yeah. we were watching I think we'd watched the episode about three days before we watched this film <laughs> and then but we didn't you know obviously yeah. we didn't twig them as the same ones but I remember that from then because I just we looked it up yeah yeah I was gonna say in there's been another kind of thread in our show about bad parenting yeah who's the bad parent in this film is it both Who's the worst parent, or are they both actually fine? I mean, there's a glaring example of bad parenting coming later in the film. Not that one. <laughs> Talking about Billy's. But for Billy's family. Yeah. I mean, I think they're both all right. Dad clearly, like, this. they don't seem to have an awful lot of money. No. This is a, a thread. Mainly, well, it's set up, actually, because at the very beginning his car won't start and he's got, like, a knackered Beetle, which would be worth a lot of money now, actually. Yeah, that's but, not his, is it? Yeah, he drives the Beetle and his dad drives... Oh, I thought he Chevrolet. fixed it for that sad alcoholic man. But the sad al- alcoholic man was fixing his car, was the, he? The sad, alco- the sad alcoholic man is telling Billy that he shouldn't... Buy a foreign buy a car. Foreign car. There we go, not right. like his American thing, which is full of American machinery. Yes. That when he finds out later has got foreign parts in, mm. absolutely breaks him. Mm-hmm. But like his car's a bit crappy, it won't start, and they yeah. haven't really got any money. Yeah. And obviously, Dad's in, Dad's invention. Malarkey, We're trying to be supportive, but it doesn't bring in the. the it's dollar. not especially remunerative. Like, but but yeah. he's but he's always trying, and he's always thinking of him, and yeah. you know, and and like his motivations in buying the mugwai are good you know it's just like oh that's a real cute thing my son will love my son loves animals exactly yeah, he loves his dog he'll love this yeah, yeah. Y- you know like i can't fault his motivation he's a no. bit of a schmuck but he's not a i don't have him as a bad guy no but then he also drastically yeah he doesn't it's a really weird 
discrepancy, I think, mm-hmm. in the character that he's very dismissive of the sure, sure, whatever about the rules. Oh, yeah. But then repeats them word for word. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it should be that he was like, something, something, water. Yeah, I don't feel it water in the nighttime or something. Exactly. And then disaster ensues. Or he should have been like, tell me tell me again. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or have them written down, like yeah. how they come on in the box or something. But I don't know. It was a weird bit. Uh, it's a uh, definitely... Um, Fully a deeply camp box of choice, <laughs> uh, but nobody wants to question what the Mogwai is. Well, this is the thing. This is another thing about like the, the Mystic East thing mm-hmm. of like, oh, it's just a weird Chinese thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. from like the land where they're all a bit mystical and strange and funny, and you know, maybe there's weird things like that. There. Yeah, and it's like, don't look at this too closely. Well, you know, don't look at anything too closely. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> right? You know, I, you yeah. you talked about the the obvious problem with at least one of the rules. Yeah. Where it's like, don't feed them after midnight. When, wh- mid- what, which midnight are you thinking uh, of? Like, A, it's always midnight somewhere. And B, it's always after midnight because it's always the next day. I don't know, it's yeah. just... Yeah, so like 1am is obviously after midnight, but then 6am is a lot closer to the 12 that PM. midnight. 12 is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, can you only feed them after 12 and before 12? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, briefly, mm. the mother. I did skip over Oh, yes. Her. Um, the mother doesn't listen and is very forgiving of the father's strange career thing. She's got a bit, she's got some repression stuff going on, <laughs> but I genuinely believe their love. Like yeah. I, I believe that she thinks he's quite interesting and funny and fascinating and clever. You know, he is smart. He's just not quite good enough. Yeah, that's sad. But like he can, be, he he does build these things, and she says, and she sounds sad when she's like, they work so well. I for know. The first few yeah. Weeks yeah, but also like it's a bit of an in joke in a nice way with her and her son that they've brought. He's grown up with this forever. Yeah, of course. Just like a sword falls off the wall when he comes home, and he just puts it back automatically. Yeah. But then so does the dad because yeah. the sword always falls, falls off, off the home. wall. Yeah. Um. Anyway, presented with the Mogwai, we're not going to talk about what it is. We do a beautiful bright light um thing. <laughs> um. The puppetry is eerily good, and I, yeah. here's where I've put. Oh, it looks a bit like a Furby, but it is. Yeah, yeah. We both made is. a note that's like this is basically a Furby. It's like yeah, Furby, Furby ripped this off. Yeah. Wholesale, except without the stipulations. Yeah, and if as they far warned as I know, us, I've we never wouldn't had... have had so many accidents. <laughs> do you know my horror stories about Furbies? Oh God, do Got I? Two of them. Do you oh. want to know? Yeah, go on. One no is one the... from no one from the Furby Corporation's listening. Well, we're never going to get sponsored by them. And they're weird now, anyway. <laughs> but um, when Furbies first came out, yeah. a couple of things happened. One, people weren't really sure how to turn them off. Yeah. They didn't think to re- to like take the batteries out because there was some programming involved, if you remember. Sure, you don't so want to lose all of that. you don't want to lose all, all your programming. So um, this family thought it had turned off mm-hmm. and then uh, hid it because... <laughs> They hid it because uh, it had been making the noises so much, but they hid it in the light fitting, like one of those uplight things that were good in the nineties. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, as it died a horrible death, melting against the light bulb, it screamed. 
As in, as its circuits were going, it was doing like the robot scream, and that was basically Christmas. Was like, we got the Furby, the Furby's annoying, I'm going to put it out of your reach, stop pressing the buttons, you put it up there, and then you get like it robotically screaming. The much worse one that made me laugh a lot, but only because nobody actually died, Uh (laughs) was that the original Furby messed with pacemakers. So when people opened them on Christmas Day and turned them on, many grandparents dropped because the electronics in it interfered with the pacemaker and gave them tiny little coronaries. Yeah, I'd forgotten that. I remember. Isn't that that incredible? Because you would just think that's a cursed item. Yeah, I mean, or you wouldn't make the connection. They have that vibe anyway, don't they? They do. But yes, strange Furby facts for you. And here's the juicer scene immediately afterwards. Uh, um, what's work. his name? Joe Dante still has this juicer <laughs> in his home. The way that things come out of it is really great. And here we are introduced to... I've put this kid is famous. There we go. We're introduced to Corey Feldman. Yes. Who is a deeply, deeply tragic figure in cinema. Today? Yes, real to step outside of the film for a hundred percent. We're going to step outside of the film. So, this is deeply triggering, by the way. So, just watch yourselves with this. We're going to be talking about sexual assault of minors, but he was a child actor. He was in the Goonies. He was in the Lost Boys. Yeah, big player in eighty cinema as a young man. But in twenty twenty, produced a documentary and starred in a documentary called My Truth: The Rape of Two Corys which was following him as he showcased allegations that he and Corey Haim, who died in 2010, were sexually abused as children by several men and allegedly within the filming community. Sure. So it does put a different spin on him appearing as a young boy in all these things and being capable of such a huge range of emotion and and all these things. To to have a vague idea of what was happening for him behind the scenes is, is very strange. I don't mean to put a dampener on such a... A light-hearted film. No, but there's something about. And that's it in why the you know we sort of we should. That's why it's good to sort of put it here. Yeah. Uh, so that because we're going to be talking about his performance and his character, yes. which are very buoyant, upbeat. Exactly. It's a, a, a small child. I He's know. A it's, child. it's a really nice. It's a really nice bit of work for He's him as great. well. He's great. He's really good and really. It. I find it absolutely heartbreaking yeah. that it took till 2020. Mm-hmm. For him to feel able to speak about it publicly, or to be believed, yeah. But also that all of this was going. We know, we know now how much of it is going on. You know, like mm-hmm. it's not just like we think we know. We know yeah. how much of it's going on behind the scenes of these things sometimes, or was. Yeah. So to see it like that, and to look at things like the Goonies and think, I, you know, yeah. What were you also dealing with while you were learning lines for these films? And everything I mean? else, because he re- he is a, you know we talked about like k- kids all being played by people in their twenties and thirties, but yeah. he is young. He's here. an actual child. You know, he was born in nineteen seventy one, eighty one. Yeah, he's fifteen. Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, twelve or thirteen, depending on when this was. Yes, exactly. Because it was released in the summer of eighty four. It was. Yeah, but it was meant to be released in the Christmas, obviously. He's thirteen here, roughly. Yeah, possibly twelve. Yeah. And outstanding performance for a kid of that age. I know it's it's good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But um, just a little moment for Corey Feldman, Feldman there. Um, he spends a lot. <laughs> he spends more time than most dressed as a Christmas tree in this film. Uh, <laughs> we're introduced to him first without seeing his face for quite a long time, 
as he struggles to deliver trees while wearing a Christmas tree. Yeah, um, yeah. it's incredible. With, with a full like head as well. Like, yeah, with, you know the full the full business. Meaning you can't see a, a damn thing. Just nothing, and he's just struggling. He's a really good brother energy to Billy. Yeah, which is sweet. Um, but it also means there's somebody to explain stuff to and to call a dummy and to be, you know, like so that one of you is the audience. <laughs> sure, yeah, because because one of the things that Billy's doing is like showing off his Mogwai. Right? Yeah, his strange new creature. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The sound design for the next scene, which is an iconic scene, right? So he's introduced to Mogwai. Mogwai sings to him a bit. Yeah, and we've already seen. Billy playing piano with this thing so it is intelligent you know playing on a little toy piano and it sings and then he was trying to mimic the the singing on the piano and it corrected his note you know mm-hmm. this is wild levels of knowledge sure uh, and awareness and um in comes Corey Feldman's character and immediately just spills water on it. Like, he knows the rules and he's like, you know, it's an accident. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, it's, it's not because... malicious. He's not going to no, be like, well, well how was he spilled water on it? Let's have a go. No, Billy's been um, cast as an artist. So there are paint paint water. You've, mm-hmm. I've got some down there. There's paint water lying around <laughs> at all times, right? Um, thankfully, we don't have any mogwai. What do you mean, thankfully? Well, I mean, spoilers for the rest of the film, but it doesn't go well. No, I mean, I would just keep a lid on my paint water. I right. need a pet, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Anything will do at this point. You stay away from Chinatown. It's here that I finally looked up what Mogwai means, because I knew it would mean something. And it's a... It's a Scottish rock band, isn't it? It is, but it's also a Cantonese word for, like, evil spirit or demon or devil thing. Right. Um, The Mandarin one, the Mandarin version of it is uh, Mogui. You know, like, it's it's slightly different. But Mogwai specifically is Cantonese for demon. (laughs) And uh, yeah, you've mentioned that the you mentioned the the puppetry and the oh sound design of these things popping out of it. I just don't know how they get it that good. It's frightening. Yeah. When you don't know what's coming, you know when they start popping out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's stop motion, isn't it, to get them to vibrate like that? It's an element that the I think they're I think they're balloons. Oh, no wonder they look great. You know where they grow like that? Yeah, they're basically fairy balloons. But it's a it's a combination of multiple. It's some good yeah. editing and multiple different techniques at different scales to give you the seamless shot. You know. Yeah, yeah. It was a team working on the the Mogwai specifically, wasn't it? Yes, and they hated him because he was small and repeatedly <laughs> broke down. As be, You know, he's the most fiddly thing to fix, so yeah. of course would constantly be breaking and they were like, oh, this blooming thing. Which is so funny because obviously it looks incredible and you'd never know that it was the most problematic piece they yeah. had to work with. Um, uh, they also <laughs> look very wet. <laughs> when they, when the they unfurl. Ones. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, well, they just spawns. I've said that, that you get him wet, and he spawns toys. <laughs> yes, it's true. He does. Um, I have written here that Gizmo looks deeply unhappy, but that Dad is a plus size Will Shatner. Fight me. <laughs> Very Fair much enough. so. Yeah. I mean, Bill Shatner is the plus size Bill Shatner these days. I mean, I suppose. Yeah, but 90. he would have been yeah. a lot younger then. Yeah. Obviously, what forty years younger? How old yeah. is this film? Yeah, just yeah. under forty. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> oh no, because if I frame well, it like only, that, you're really close to forty. Me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sucks to be you. Oh yes. 
Sorry to anyone over 40, I'm just petty. <laughs> I like to win and beat Ben at everything. Poor Barney and his Christmas lights. So, the Mogwai are deeply sinister on the lowdown. The dad isn't particularly angry that he's got them wet. He sees it as a business opportunity. Which he's is like, completely in character for Of him. course it is. We could sell these bad boys. We'll call them, what did he say? Um, what's his surname? Pilzer? Yeah, Pelzer. Pelzer's Pit. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> Well, everything's named after you noticed all of his yeah, yeah. things like the Peltzer juicer, the Peltzer. Yeah, because if your idols are people like, um, you know, the, the the first inventors, they named yeah, everything after themselves, yeah. so it makes sense, Mister Velcro. Um, <laughs> that coffee machine again. We are in the infomercial gadget era. It's exactly right. It's yeah. incredible. It just farts black goo. And we've rescued Barney from his light fiasco. But we have this kind of sinister thing of all these creatures pretending to sleep and looking really weird and like... And they're definitely like naughtier than Gizmo right off the bat. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I wonder what the story is there. I couldn't find much on it actually about why they're not very nice when they're spawned from him. But he's really nice. Spielberg. It's Spielberg again. Oh, okay. Uh, um, well, no, we haven't had the first Spielberg yet. Oh, so fair what's... enough, yes. Well, it's Spielberg. I believe that Gizmo and Stripe yeah. were, the, were going to be the same character. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, and that that basically, you know, once you've broken the rules, yes. it turned into an evil little gremlin. Horrible thing. Horrible gremlin. But you needed the sympathetic. But Spielberg reckoned that, like, kids would see and love Gizmo. Yeah. And so, if Gizmo Died, stayed a goodie, yes, then yes. that would that would help. People would like that. Interesting. Uh, which caused obviously caused the puppetry team yeah. a lot more um, hassle because yeah. they'd done a lot, quite a lot of planning based on the fact that the Gizmo hero puppet, if you'd like, would only be used for the first half of the film, and then Damn. yeah. But also, they got around it kind of okay by him not accepting the food. But yeah. the others were already naughtier, so I don't understand that. Yeah, Maybe it's yeah. just don't well, do it. And yeah, and Gizmo punished. is like very is much better trained, I guess, because he's been raised. We don't know how old he is, but yeah, he clearly has a bond with the aged shopkeeper, the grandpa. Mm. Yeah, the the old the old man. And actually, what he's chuntering when he's babbling away in the box is dad, father, right, um, Baba. Oh, you good, know. good, good fact, good yeah. knowledge. <laughs> um, so. It's obviously well. It'd be good if he spawned them, but I doubt it. Oh dear! I know it's I a don't different spin-off. I think about spin the logistics off. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, coffee machine, golden age, infomercial. Here's that theme from Jerry Goldsmith. Now, without listening to it, can you remember it? No. That it's it's just one note over and over again, but I can't remember the rhythm. Oh God! I'm just doing. Hang on! Don't tell me. I'm doing The Exorcist. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Oh, what is it? We can, sang it at each other. I know so many we did. Times. I can probably splice a bit into the podcast so that people listening yeah, will know, but um, it doesn't help us now in the recording.
That one. It's incredible. I was going to say it really gets in your head, but it doesn't. Um, Jerry Goldsmith of TNG. Of course. I never recognised the name of The Simpsons. Of, well, basically a lot. He did, he's done so much stuff. I just picked the first two things I saw that mm-hmm. I recognised, but really it's it's a huge amount of work. And it's just an amazing theme. And I feel like it's one of those ones that was like, ah, I'll chuck something together, you know, <laughs> and then did it. And then they're like, oh, this is actually great. It's very 80s. It's very creepy. It sounds like a kind of Halloween theme, you know? Yeah. Because of the chords used. Yeah. I would yeah. imagine. And then as it builds, it just has this like... Well, it does. It only builds, so it doesn't really resolve. No, I know. That's what I mean. It just builds and builds, and it feels like... uh, Well, also, because of the strange synth, it does sound like a bunch of gremlins singing. Yes. Yeah. um, A lot of the time. Yeah, and we really sort of, from here, we really do move into a different type of film. A hundred percent. It is like they didn't watch the first half. Yeah. But I actually believe that that's because that's Chris Columbus being taken over from by Joe Dante. Right. I think that's how it happened. I have a vague memory of there being a crossover or some sort of, not disagreement, but like some sort of um, difference in angle or shot or something. There's certainly like, there's certainly a a bit of tension, a bit of conflict in like what kind of film it is. We talked about that it's a 15 and that's probably about right. That it's definitely a Christmas film, but also definitely a Halloween film. And, And like, it's aimed at children you know like there's elements of this it's definitely the merchandising to sell toys. is to sell yeah. toys and it's children who buy toys especially in the 80s yeah it's children who buy toys but there's elements of this that are definitely not no for children definitely and, and it is a however well, it's not a thing is I'm going to say it's a eternal problem. It's not a eternal problem if you're 15, 16, 17, 18, 20, well, you 30, 40, toys. 50, 60. You wouldn't buy the toys. But the, but it was going to be successful merchandising. But I wasn't around in the 80s and I didn't see this as a child. When did you see it? I was young, but my dad loved it because it was creepy. Yeah. And gross. And I was just about to say, before you said that... Sorry. The No, no, in a good way. The Brothers Grimm, right? The Brothers Grimm hit it on the head that kids absolutely love horrible stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, whereas we're seeing it as like super graphic and hardcore, mm-hmm. I think part of the reason for the new censorship thing mm-hmm. is that children they children would have been expected to see this because it was aimed at them. Uh-huh. There wouldn't have been the thought that like maybe this is too distressing for children. Yeah. Does that make sense? Until this film, which is why it's famous for the censorship. Sure, well, yes, it's a new, it was a, is it PG-13? What? This film. This is 15. Yeah, no, but in, in the States. Oh, it's 15 PG-13? Well, I I mean, obviously there are different different countries and different different countries' censorship boards have different standards that they apply. I think Amelie's a PG in France and 15 in the UK. Okay, so it is, yes, it is a PG-13. And I think it was PG-13 was the rating that was inaugurated by this film. It is, yes, a, 12, a 12A basically yeah. it with us but actually we are a 15 in the uk for it yeah but 12a didn't exist it was no. spider-man that brought in 12a I yes think. exactly the toby Maguire one yes and because yes because although it's clearly it's it, it is clearly too graphic and too unpleasant for like a universal or whatever the american equivalent of that is yeah it also it doesn't make sense for it to be like r-rated no not at yeah. all <laughs> um i just want to have a little look mm. 
So the BBFC gave the uncut film a 15 certificate in August 1984. Gremlins then remained a 15 until November 2012, and that was the submission of a theatrical re-release given a 12A, right? Right. So, fine. I've had a look and seen if it's suitable for 12-year-olds. People are saying that, like, 10 and over, you're going to be able to handle it, more or less. You know, but that you should watch it with a grown-up, obviously. I can't find the classifications as in why they rated it that, but it's interesting, right? Because it's it is graphic and distressing and weird, you know. Like it's uh, ratings info, um, violence, threatened horror. Okay, interesting. So scenes include a woman blowing up a gremlin in a microwave oven and a gremlin being forced into a blender, resulting in green blood splatter. In another sequence, a gremlin throttles a woman with a string of Christmas lights. Right. Yeah, those were the like the, the first two. There were the two that I picked out to be like, oh, this is. They were the three I. Picked. This is really unpleasant. Yeah, they yeah, were this the is three horrible. Threat and horror sequences include jump scares, people being terrorised by gremlins and disturbing mutations as the gremlins evolve. Ah, uh, there is the use of mild bad language, which is crap and asshole. <laughs> yes, but I mean, that would be fine at 12. Yes. I suspect that that would be fine at PG in, in some cases. Yes. So yes, that is interesting that it has been reclassified since, which makes sense. We have a, a, an older DVD, which is a 15, but then again, it could have been... If it, the, the way the BBFC works means that even though it's been reclassified for cinema exhibition, if nobody has bothered to resubmit it for home video yeah. or streaming, it could still be a 15. Yeah. Why were we talking about that? Because it massively... Well, it changes here. When, when, the, yeah. when the Mogwai... When the little gremlins are born, basically, when the new, when the new naughty ones are born, yeah. like, it becomes a different type of film. Yes. I actually wonder how it would have been... I think it would have been a lot of a much older film if they hadn't kept Gizmo alive. Right. If they hadn't made it so that Gizmo was a cutie still. Mm-hmm. I do think it would have been a more interesting film, weirdly. It's not a bad film by no. any means. I mean, yes, they have. <laughs> clearly, it's, it's clearly really not. It's not that we're talking about it. Yeah. And well, yeah. I don't know because that. <laughs> but still, <laughs> you know, um, I, I don't. I like this film. It has one of my favourite Christmas scenes of all time in it, which we'll talk about in a bit. But I just think it would have been a more interesting thing to try and create a children's horror, which they have here, but created a children's horror that you couldn't unsee. You know, when I was little, I'll I'll tell you about the scene that stuck with me when I was little. I was probably about 10, to be honest, when I saw it, nine or 10. Which seems right, you know, but then I was also watching terrible things at nine or ten. So it, it would have seemed mild to me, but um, I actually think I would have seen it young and not understood a damn thing. Mm-hmm. I would have laughed because Dad did impressions of Gizmo all sure. the time. No, no, yeah, and I also imagine that very young children would be, like, fine with it because it's just full of lots of Colours fun, and fun weird puppetry things. things. Exactly. But, but when you're about eight, I think there's things in here that could really mess your brain up a me little too. bit. Me too. Absolutely me too. Um, here we go. So... Uh, suicide rates are always highest around Christmas. That was one of my possible titles. Um, the faculty borrowed heavily from this teacher scene. So we've shown it to a teacher. Oh, yes. He's sweet. Can you remember his name? Mr. Hansen. There we yes. go. We show it to Mr. Hansen. Glenn Terman. He's been given one to experiment with. They put water on it. It grew more. Yep. And, and, and it's a nice bit of work from... Uh, the actor there, Glenn Terman, did you say? Yeah. That is sort of he's listening to he's listening to the the 
chat about it. Yeah. But then as soon as he sees it reproduce, yeah. you can see like his it brain changes. goes another gear where he's like, oh, this is very interesting. Yes. Indeed. But then you, I showed you the faculty. Yeah. And it's the same thing, right? He actually yeah. goes to touch it. It bites his finger and then swims in the water. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that thing has teeth. You know, like yes. looking at it like this is actually fascinating. Yeah, of so course. it's really just the faculty have clearly loved and seen Gremlin. Sure. I think there's a bit of him in the science teacher in Stranger Things as well. A hundred percent. In yeah. both of those, actually, in both right. films. I feel yeah. like that's a real moment there. The flipping gizmo in 3D glasses is not made enough fuss of. I (laughs) happily have a t-shirt of that. (laughs) Everyone is making white bread sandwiches look far too delicious. It made me desperately want like a a flat white bread sandwich, you know, like a disgusting, like the most white people food you can find. Yeah, 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 mayonnaise and chicken and... The whitest. I mean, not for me, not chicken. What can I have? Oh my, I could have a corn, corn slice, kind of a little bit soggy. You know, just from yeah. being in cling film. Oh, like from put being it in, in the bottom film. of your uh, lunch bag. Yeah. Lunch box. Yeah. For a while, lunch oh, bag. Yeah, anyway, they make them look great. They made me hungry. <laughs> and he's got body snatchers on in the background while Billy, this is Billy, sorry. Yeah. So we went to the teacher. He took some blood from his Mogwai. Mogwai wasn't happy about it. It hurt him, which is really sad because they have really sad pain faces. <laughs> uh, and then we flashed to Billy in his room with... Um, Gizmo in 3D glasses looking cute and Billy eating delicious white sandwiches. Mm, nom, nom. Mm. Um, <laughs> the going through changes thing is yeah. amazing. Yeah, I said montage of the gremlins eating chicken, unexpectedly horrible. It is and absolutely then, awful. And then it's followed with the birth of, you know, with how they go all slimy and... Pupae. Yes. Pupil. Pupate, yeah. Um, <laughs> they pupate. <laughs> they pupate, thank you. They do, they are aching to pupate, one might say. <laughs> and Gizmo looks fully distraught. Yeah, it's an interesting... And he gets more distraught. It's really horrible, like, sad puppetry, because he's been so cute so far that I when know. he looks sad, like, it's... You're worried, you know, like, it's clever, but mm-hmm. you are also concerned. Um, and when they say, you know, they've just been going through some changes, and... Um, the Christmas tree boy. Yes. What's I've forgotten his name. Where's Corey, Corey Feldman? But I can't remember Corey his Feldman. character's name. Corey Feldman's character is just like, oh, like like my mum. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, no, no, not menopausal yeah. changes. He's, he's pupating. Um, and then we're back with Mr. Hansen alone. And this is, this sequence is like, real horror film yes i mean they say it's still suitable for a 12 year old yes but it is awful but it is yeah it's doctor who horror you know when doctor who gets it right and it's a bit distressing yeah yeah it's done that yes exactly um and he's got his candy bar and he's like oh i've got you a candy bar just let me see you and (laughs) it's horrible don't put your hand there i've put (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're sitting there thinking like, no, don't, don't do that. Yeah, goodness me. Oh no. Yeah, oh, you, oh, no. It's like you're not really a scientist or something. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so Gizmo's looking distraught. He's put his hand down there, Mister Hansen. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy turns up to see him, and he's stuck with a needle, face down, definitely dead on the floor. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah. Well, we assume. Yeah, and because it's not, it's not gory like no. that. Although it's sinister. And I've said, you know, some bits of the transformation bits do, are, do remind me of the thing yeah, uh, yeah i mean i put the thing i put body snatches i put alien with the pods yes very, i got very much. um with the eating it's the thing as well mm-hmm. like that and barbarella with the dolls oh, yeah. it's got that really horrible There's we're a, too close to their mouths yeah foundational cinema memory for you there yeah yeah i was very young i think they must have been about the same age because i think i've conflated the two films right which would actually mean i watched gremlins and barbarella at about five or six That's not right is it turns out I do not recommend <laughs> i mean hey i'm wonderful i know i know i know but but um <laughs> my creative writing at school made my parents get called in so do to do where are we hansen stuck dartboard dartboard oh yeah oh, oh yeah little gizmo i said that's me when i'm hungry for sure <laughs> which is i'm yam yam <laughs> i probably don't eat glass but hey gizmo's on the dartboard in distress yep Looking really sad. Here's my question for you. Mm. This is... I'm going to put a bold statement out there and then I'm going to ask you some questions. Okay, go on then. You're grinning at me like a Cheshire cat there. Yeah. My bold statement is... This is one of the first depictions of a badass mum that can actually take care of herself in a film of this nature. Oh. In any Christmas film to this date... (laughs) In any rom-com or sitcom to this date, and in anything involving a family where the mum is just a side character, this is the first one where she's not depicted as weak and mewling. Well, the other thing is, I suppose the caveat and the important sort of caveat to this is this scene is not played for laughs. Because occasionally you'll get like the sort of meek mother who, when somebody threatens her kids or something, will go like nuclear, you know? You know right. the sort of thing I mean, where they suddenly like they're they're sort of meek and mild all the time, and then somebody threatens their kids, and they go right, and they get the rolling pin and start battering seven shades out. Kind of. Things. But but we're not. We don't have this here. She's just extremely accomplished. With she's well, got she's her thoughtful. Shield. She's thought about it. She's thinking. She's well. She offs what three of them? Here's my other question. Mm-hmm. Here's the question bit. Right. When you're making gingerbread men, mm-hmm. or people, as she was. She's yeah. making her whole family out of gingerbread. Yes. Why do you need a knife that size? <laughs> Why was the knife that size there? Yeah. Who can say? I'm but just saying, there's only so many times you can put up with having a husband that makes kind of half-assed, <laughs> terrible inve- inventions. Well, I mean, yeah, you wouldn't want, like, his sort of the... Um... Was she acting out murder fantasies on the gingerbread, is my question. Oh. I don't get that vibe from her. <laughs> Anyway, but, it's refreshing to see somebody not just take a beating or uh I don't get the I don't get the rolling pin thing at this time in cinema. We get a lot more of that later. Right. And a lot more of that much earlier with like a handbag, you know, like sure. you're good but away from I just my mean son. I just mean the idea that like the, the the worm turning that like you know the meek mild thing can be pushed yeah. usually when her son is when her child is in danger. Yeah. To But this is somebody just defending herself. From something terrifying in mm-hmm. a way that you totally would. Yeah. And she does really well. Or maybe would. I would probably just run. <laughs> but, you know, one might. Yeah. Um, oh, I say that, but I do go for things, don't I? Oh, yeah. 
Okay, I'd probably be yeah, I'd probably do what she did. Anyway, <laughs> I just um, sort of wander out and go. Would you? Would you? Would you oh mind? Oh my god! Would you mind terribly not doing that? So frightening, listener. <laughs> so frightening to think that when Ben thought I was breaking in, his response was to come out wet from the shower in a towel and go, "Excuse me, hello." You, I'm sorry. You seem to have wandered into the wrong house by mistake. <laughs> and then there's me. With a riding crop and a tiny statue of a god called Radagast that's so dense it would probably have killed the electrician that I didn't know was in my house. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> so I definitely do what she did. It turns out, for all I think, I'd be like a good, per- like a, you know, a sensible person yeah. and wander off. Anyway, but yeah, she puts one in a food mixer. She, she explodes does. one in a microwave. It's quite graphic and horrible. It's really graphic and horrible because we watch both of them die. Yeah. We watch a living, what to us in the moment is a living creature yeah. experience the pain of being microwaved to death. Yeah, because it doesn't go quickly. No, it's being like fried from the inside. Yeah. Absolutely atrocious and amazing. And I was really genuinely, even on this watch, I've seen it a few times, even on this watch, I was shocked that they went for it that graphically. Yeah. Yeah, it's a a a pleasantly surprising badass, I've put. Christmas horror music makes it much worse. It really does do a kind of, oh, this is happening at Christmas, so it feels extra evil, Mm -hmm. you know, by cinema Yeah, and then she gets attacked by the Christmas tree, right? Yeah, she's wandering around. Then she, it all goes to 11 really quickly, the graphic blood mm-hmm. well green blood and then it's in the tree it's all a bit suggestive i wasn't too happy with how much that looked like he was actually sexually attacking no her. well as you know i said that i have a few film reference ideas that are on the plausible yeah what did you think that one the evil dead was that before this yes uh, By how much? 1981 oof i don't know about evil that dead. that's on that's on the implausible yeah. side of the, of the scale yeah, but it did. It did. Feel, it crossed my mind, but only because yeah. it's a tree doing a dirty. Yeah, not. Yeah, you know, not because I. No, thought, it, it, but yeah. But yeah, I, I did. I just wondered. That was all. Hmm. Interesting. And it, and again, because it, it comes immediately after this, like fairly graphic gremlin murdering spree. Yeah. It's like it just underlines like this is not for children, or it is for children, but it's it is not. It's not entirely for children. Well, here's <laughs> the thing, because you said it's not played for laughs. Mm-hmm. I think it might be, and they've just gone the wrong side. Right. So the putting it in a blender is meant to be a like, yeah, like a like you could, you know, when kids get manic for grotesque things. Yes. I think that's where what was happening. Right. Then. Yeah. The enough. microwave one. I think they just went too realistic. My my suspicion yeah. is that when you mix like the way they did the puppetry and the stop motion, yeah, you get something a bit more lifelike than maybe they thought. Yeah, fair do you know enough. what I mean? I do so know what like you mean. having they it could have look... done it in a more cartoony way and yes. they did not. And it would have been like a what and yeah. then explode. Or it would have gone up like a balloon, exactly. Yes, but they went for like a realistic you've just killed a living thing, watched it die, and yeah. you're fine and with it. And now that. you're gonna do another one. And now yeah. you're probably gonna kill again. And the throttling with the fairy lights is meant to be like a dark humour, I think. Right. Yeah. I don't think we're actually meant to be reading what is red maybe maybe we're just too sensitive i don't think it's about too sensitive i think it's a different language now in the way that most things are from 80s films to now Mm -hmm. you know where we're watching it and again i'll I'll use that terrible like claus film santa (laughs) claus the santa claus with tim allen to be like yeah it's like the head elf is a very is, is a jewish lad 
you know, there's there's a right. lot going on. And he's like, well, I don't really celebrate Christmas. I'm working. You know, like, yeah. you're like, oh. Right. <laughs> this isn't the language that we use now, you know, as mm-hmm. individually. Yeah. But I really think that that was meant to be, like, gory fun. Right. Fair enough. But it just translated as the darkest. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, also, I you know, I hold my hand up. Like, I'm a... I'm a scaredy bear, as we've said before on this Yeah, podcast. true. Like, I'm not into, like, gory stuff particularly. True, but I will say, like, I'm just extra cautious of using phrases like too sensitive because I do think it blasts a lot of interesting critique out of the water. Fair enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. think there's any need for it to be like, oh, you're being so sensitive now that people know stuff. That's, you know, that's a very good point, very yeah. well made. Yeah, absolutely. I, I stand <laughs> it's, it's corrected. A good, it's a good point well made. And I said, now that people know stuff. Now that people know stuff. <laughs> but you knew what I meant. <laughs> I did, yes. I, I, you know, I meant too sensitive for the for the for the filmmakers i guess you yes know? Yeah. yeah rather than as a value moral judgment um oh yes and then uh the swords come in handy billy yeah. comes home chops the head off it and it screams as it dies yeah uh, it's, with its head in the i fire. think it's quite nasty it is nasty no it's really <laughs> nasty yeah but i think the level of nasty was different than for yeah. children and yeah. i think this is why a rating system came in yeah that changed it no and i can also i can understand like Kids absolutely loving it. Yeah, being like, ha ha ha, it's head it's, came off. Exactly, because it's all, it's all fun, it's all fun, isn't it's it? It's a bit like if Jim Henson didn't like children. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I do know. Yeah, I love the inventors conference. We get a little clip. We get, oh, me too. Because Dad is away at the inventors conference yeah. pretty much the rest of the film. Spielberg's um, there, by the way. He's right. in the wheelchair. Lovely. Yeah. Robbie the Robot, of course, is there. There's a film reference for you from... Um... Go for it, because that, that one went over my head, but, oh, well. or would have done if I didn't know you. Well, yes, but from Forbidden Planet. Yes. The, uh, the wonderful 1954 science fiction masterpiece, really, genuinely. like It's 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 pulpy 50s sci-fi, yeah. but it's also a Shakespeare adaptation. And it really is... <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful. It looks beautiful. It sounds beautiful. It's, it's great. Costumes. Great work. And there's a robot in it for which they built like a big robot basically <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> and uh and then that is this st- that is the same prop that was yeah. um floating Chuntering around about yeah, exactly do you use heavy or unleaded petrol yes and about producing oil um and wine <laughs> and some of the dialogue from forbidden planet in in there because oh, we get a few scenes with him yeah, but yes a, it's, it's a, a snapshot a yeah tiny little set with your actual robbie the robot running around in it lovely <laughs> Yeah, and it's just to say that the st- it's very sweet, actually, the way he words it, is that, like, the standard's a bit higher here than I yeah. was expecting, and, you know. But I do think he is having fun as well. Me too, yeah. He just looks a bit kind of downtrodden. Yeah, well, way. yeah, that's kind of his vibe, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Where are we? But yeah, so there's, they managed to kill pretty much all of them, except for the, the leader, yeah. who makes his way to the local swimming pool to reproduce. Stripe. Stripe is such a poop. Yeah. And the pool moment is such an amazing horror effect. It's, you know, it's such a, so, it's so clear what would have been CGI'd if it was made now. Sure. And been absolutely awful. But that is a physical effect of making that water look toxic. And it really bubbles and boils. Horrible. And And it starts slow and it's really nasty and creepy. I find that really sinister. Yeah, because you can't see what's going on. But but the the sound sound design as well means that you can hear him. Crunching of things and and 
crackling skin and like mm. the water itself and then it starts so it sort of glows then it bubbles then it steams then it smokes and it's like oh yeah. it's, it's a lot again with that dun, 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 dun. ridiculous <laughs> theme uh the boozy cops is good so yeah i've said small town cops who don't believe a word of it straight out of a 50s monster movie you yeah. know where it's like you're telling me there's a giant spider coming here to our small town yeah i don't believe a word of it you 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 sit down there boy you don't know anything i'm yeah. gonna leave you here um but also i my mind gets cast to the <laughs> to the goth kids that get done for murders in small towns right because they're creepy yeah. and because they admit to it because it's the creepy thing to do <laughs> and then they end up on a murder charge. You know, like that's the kind of thing where in these films when they start with the like, I don't believe you, it quickly mm-hmm. turns to it must be you. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it doesn't in this one well, no, because they get proof. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Billy's, if, if it was the yuppie, maybe differently. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, Billy's super cute. Oh, yeah, and also, however old he's supposed to be, like, he's clearly, like, holding down a job and, a, yeah. and an adult, and they do treat him like he's a 12-year-old boy. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. They've probably known him since he was knee-high They have, but... they have, and, like, his, yeah, he's living with his parents, and yeah. he's still in the town, and he's doing their taxes, you know, or dealing with their cash. But the boozy cops, they're drinking, it's Christmas. Yeah. And there's a small town, there's no crime going on. It's not just a small town, it's like a 50s small town America small town. Yeah. Stop motion horror. Oh, that poor lonely man and his very sad wife, who I only know from Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> um, what a fate. <laughs> for any actor. I know she's the other. She's the mum of the wife, I think. Right. Or Raymond's mother-in-law. <laughs> yes, another way of putting it. That's what I meant. The amazing theme while the truck gets put through the wall. So the snow snow power, snow is power, it? Yeah. Big truck thing. I wanted to talk a little bit about like the what the gremlins are up to, mm. and at some point as well we get the speech. Is it here we get the speech about gremlins and like the gremlins in your machines? I think that, it's. Like, I think that's much prior because that's about that's him wasted and yes. having to be carted out of the pub. In WWII. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and yeah, as far as I'm aware, the the name and the term gremlin the. The, the name Gremlin yeah. and, and this idea yeah. that he talks about here that in World War Two, if your machinery wasn't working, it's because it had a little Gremlin in it, is from Roald Dahl. He, oh, he makes sense. Invented this, he came up with this and he was commissioned by Disney to wow. write a... He wrote a short story for Disney that was going to be made into a propaganda film about like little Gremlins wow. in your machinery that never got made. But that it was... I, I, think, I think Dahl was... Air crew, I think he, he was. was yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So whether he, you know, whether he invented it or whether he just used a bit of air crew slang because yeah. there's plenty of it, but that's but that's where it comes from. This idea, right? Mm-hmm. And and the xenophobic neighbour who says obsessed with buying American and that the, the foreign stuff is all rubbish, you know, says yeah. talks about this being like a a, a commie plot or a you know Japanese yeah. plot or whatever. And I, I I wonder, you know, part of me wonders is like, is this film suggesting that He's right. Oh. <laughs> Given that it is a thing come from like the east, um, you know. <laughs> wow. Is, is the idea that we also sort of see in the trailer here that like you know if, I think they say in the trailer like if if your telly goes wrong or something goes Blame on the fritz, make gremlin. sure you turn the lights on. It might just be a gremlin. It's yeah. Like, is is there some suggestion here 
that like it is a Far Eastern plot to overthrow America by introducing actual gremlins into their machinery. Well, I would put it another way. I think you're mm. close. If if that was the case, yeah. I mean, it's a... oh, or it's it's an interesting. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, it I, it's yes. an interesting um, idea. But I would suggest that the film is saying this is the mistranslation of Dumb Dumb America. Right. This is like yes, gremlins exist. Yes, the Chinese have them, or yes, right. they are from the Orient and in inverted commas. But the way that idiot American of WW two fame would translate that is it's all a plot, it's all a big thing. But actually, sure. if you just follow the rules, they exist. They're fine, exactly. Yeah. They won't do anything. But but yeah, but you but you, you've done to my child. You know, it says I'm jumping to the end. Yeah. But the 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 old fellow who comes back from the shop. Says, you know, you've done to this, like what you've done to all of nature's yeah. gifts. You made him watch television, you disrespected the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And it's just. Yeah, it's an interesting It's point. just an interesting idea because this, he's obsessed with this idea of like foreign gremlins in yeah. your technology messing it up. And, and then, then it, it turns out that it, it that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's not a crackpot. <laughs> no, he's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and, but I wanted to also, I want to talk about the gremlins campaign of like low level harassment naughtiness and willful murder um okay because they're, they're real like little juvenile delinquents kind um, of yeah but also they but they go too far right you know yeah so they... i have them as needing to create as much chaos as possible right they they are, they are chaotic energy so whether that in the moment is like i need to chuck everything off this shelf <laughs> or I'm going to just decapitate someone. Because, you know, there's a scene cut where they kill the dog and decapitate Billy's mother. I've, yes, I've heard a few things. And the things head rolls down the stairs. Yeah, exactly, which is like is clearly too... Too far. Too far for the first half of the movie. Yeah. Like, it's too far. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't need a decapitation of a pen. And I think... I I think I read it. I think I've got this right around. That it was Spielberg who said, turn that down. Yeah, yeah, it was. Which would mean it would be... Chris Columbus, I suppose, who wrote it. I think it was Joe Dante. I right, think there's a Joe bit Dante where they got took in over. And said, yeah, 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 and said, "Oh, we want to do this," and and Spielberg was like, "Oh, it's a bit much." Yeah, can you not? A bit much, lads. And he was right. But I also think that might be one of those things where, like we were talking about the other day, I don't think we did it on air, where they make a load of absolutely ridiculous stuff so that the board feels like they can cut some things. Sure, but this is what this is the Hammer's old trick. Yes. Where they would, if they wanted. If they had a scene that they wanted in, but they weren't sure if the censors would allow it, yeah. they would also write something Terrible. much more beyond yeah, the pale, exactly. so that they had a bargaining chip where they say, "Well, if you let us keep this in, we'll get rid of all of this." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they love booze and fags. They they have a great time in the mm, pub. They're all but drinking. Do they? And there's, I, it's a very like sort of twelve-year-old boy's idea of like being a naughty, being naughty, isn't it? In some ways, I think that um, I've just realised something. Right. The first thing the old man says really is you let him watch television. Right. You've taught him to watch television. And then you and I pointed out all of the TV and film references in The Gremlins and they are all part of Gizmo. So is this Gizmo acting out everything that he's seen on the telly? telly. Yeah. That's that's an interesting thought. Because there are some confusing things in here and I want to delineate a couple of them. Yeah, go on. So when we're in the pub, yeah. one of them appears to 
flash Kate. Yes. Is wearing like a big flasher's mech and yeah. opens it up and shows There's nothing off there, the, yeah. Nothing there because it's just a gremlin, but like what? <laughs> like uh, just a gremlin. I don't mean you know. I mean yeah, duh. <laughs> so, so my best friends are just little gremlins. I understand, but you know, but they don't have genitals. They don't reproduce that way. No, that's true. Um, so that's odd, isn't it? And then the one that threatens her with a gun yeah. has like a balaclava on. So but he, I think he's being something from a film. Is he like an IRA gremlin? No, he's a he's a being a bank robber. Like bank a, robber gremlin. You know. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. And then you have the one fr- the, from a film of the time. So you have the one from, is it Flashdance? It is, yes, because we noticed at the end yeah. of the credits that Michael Cimbello is credited with some of the music for that. For that scene, For yeah. that scene, and it's uh, Michael Cimbello's hit, of course, was uh, Maniac. Maniac. <laughs> yeah, that's all we're allowed to yeah. do legally. Exactly. The, Cimbello's very... On it. With, the, with his legal team. Yeah. So. Yeah. But he does it. He does it very well here. He's very good. Yes. I think this scene goes on a little bit. Or it this does, stuff but we're trying. We're bit. having fun with it. But it is very well done. Yeah, but also we're trying to have fun with it and make it look more chaotic. Yeah. Even though we're only in one space, mm-hmm. you know, like it's yeah, it's it's to keep it. You're working with puppets, and everything takes five times as long. Yeah. So. And there's a lot of them. A yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, weirdly, I haven't written anything about that scene. Yeah. Apart from... And in fact, I think you're too early. Somehow. Uh, well, that's when they're in the pub. So we get a few other Yeah, bits. I know, but I've, I was looking at... I've gone straight from Snowplow to Cats. Cats? Yeah, Cat Lady. Oh, right, yes. Well, yeah, that happens in, in this sort of montage of their uh, okay. naughtiness as yes, well. Yes, there you go. So... Here's what I was going to say about this scene is that this is when I was an adult watching it, mm-hmm. uh, the pub scene. Mm-hmm. It's the only scene I remembered from the film. Right. Because it was the bit that I actually found distressing. Uh, right. Because I didn't like drunk people as a child. Uh-huh. They freaked me out. They're too strong and they don't have... And unpredictable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Too strong, too unpredictable. They don't have any boundary that they would normally have that might protect you. That's why I don't like the ragingly drunk as an adult, so... <laughs> wow, brilliant. Okay. <laughs> But still, you not know. all of them. But you know, that's the it's the same sense of threat. Room of drunkards can turn. Yeah, and totally. You're like, oh, if these guys were sober, they wouldn't do anything. But they're all drunk. Yeah, exactly. But talk about the cats. So, during this montage, mm-hmm. we have I would say the most famous scene in the film, and actually the one that was responsible for it needing the rating. Right. Is the rumor that it was this scene. Mrs. Deegan's back in action. We're following her around. And again, the newborn gremlins know who Deegan is. Oh, so they must have got that from... Yeah, from being part of him and and his memories. I think it's they're all the dark side of... They're all the dark things that Gizmo wants to do but would never do as Gizmo. Sure. But it's all gone in to the psyche. Yeah. Yeah. They've been turned rotten by America. Exactly, Yeah. yeah. And actually, perhaps... If you fill them with really beautiful things, you grow lots of beautiful gizmos. Yeah. You know, um, and they're really chill and really peaceful and they just sing all day because they've been hanging out with an old Chinese man. But the minute you stick them in front of the horrible telly box, they're evil. Yeah. Yeah. Mrs. Deegan or Polly Holiday <laughs> acts the absolute heck out of this scene. <laughs> she really acts. Have you, did you notice? Not, not that I could. I mean, wow. So, like, 
fair enough. She's picking her cats up. Uh, Kopec the cat, which you yeah. told me was the name of an oil cartel. I think it might also be a currency somewhere. Got you. One of them's called Dollar Bill. Yeah. She loves money. <laughs> She's wearing like furs in her own house. I love. I love the whole aesthetic. <laughs> it's a. It's a good thing. I just wish she hadn't been mean to the dog. So yeah, I mean she's a real villain in the in the of the piece. She is, know? she is, this but is she's disappeared see... for the most. Of yes, it. that's yeah. true. Yeah, and um, her and her cats, and then she thinks she hears carol singers, and she goes out and then really starts acting like it's actually really disturbing because she acts. If she played it comedy, yeah, it would have been a different ball game because yeah, she would have been like point. you know. But actually, she believes that she's done so much sin that the tiny devils have come for her yeah like yeah. that's her immediate response is like you know she behaves like they're actually demons she says i'm not ready yeah I'm not, they come for me and i'm not ready it's so dark yes because it's worth saying as well that she goes out when she hears carol singers she doesn't go out thinking i've got pots of money i can give these nice carol singers no she, she goes, goes out with water i hate in carol singers <laughs> ready to splash on them realizes yeah. that they're the spawn of satan in her mind mm-hmm. and then runs off anyway can't believe they killed an old lady they do her in via chairlift that's been tampered with yeah and it's more about the gremlins get getting away. in the machinery thing right making everything true. go wrong true yeah but then yeah and it's it's a sort of grotesque speed it up because we see her come down the, the chair mm-hmm. the stair lift you know nice and sedate like it should be exactly and then um and then yeah when she goes back up again she goes at such speed that she's catapulted out of the window and like clear of the grounds just about yeah yeah (laughs) and 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 much like the other scenes with the microwave and the food mixer it's like it's It's just a lot it's grotesque (laughs) yeah Yeah. santa being eaten by gremlins is my second favorite christmas scene um, truly, where they're just—it's the cops. <laughs> I love their both reaction. Both half cut as well. Yeah. Yeah, I love their reaction, and they've already bickered about who's driving. You know, yeah. it's like, well, I'm the sheriff. You know, like, yeah. of course I'm driving, and you're drunk. You always drive, yeah. Yeah. Sheriff, yeah, and he's clearly reeling the other guy that's not the sheriff, the yeah. policeman, and they pull up, and I can't remember who they say, but it is very small like, town oh, where yeah, they're no, like, spill yeah, exactly, yeah. and you know, he's. He's he's been the mall centre every year for thirty years. He's the centre every year for the kids. Yeah, what's yeah. he doing now? I've no idea. <laughs> what's what's he covered in there? Yeah. You know, like yeah. what's what's he got on him? And then it's like grinning in the window. That this yeah. gremlin and he's just like putting the window up. Like, oh, I don't. <laughs> this isn't. <laughs> this isn't for me, really. But yeah, it's really just dis- disturbing. Imagine being eight years old and seeing Santa getting eaten by. Yeah. You wouldn't understand the that that is Bill and that Bill plays Santa every no. year. You yeah. would just think you're watching, you know. Yeah, maybe no, a bit it's... younger than that, but you know what I mean. Yeah, um, no, it's it's horrible. It's, it's it's a great like visual. Yeah, but it's also unpleasant. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. So. Yes, and then it moves on to um, poor Rockin' Ricky, who's having a hard time. <laughs> In his uh, on his station, yeah. Jazz Gremlins, uh, puppets with puppets. That's a classic, isn't it? It is great. Um, someone's job under the counter of that bar is to throw popcorn everywhere and smoke off camera. Yeah, <laughs> which is quite interesting. Uh, utter chaos really quickly. So this is the bar, yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I have jumped ahead a little bit, but it's all part of the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's complete chaos, you know. Yeah. And yes, when they're armed, like you'd never imagine that they knew how to use a gun, so it's extra spicy. No, and that makes sense um, because Gizmo at the end seems to get some inspiration from a film that he's seen. Yeah, 
because a bit of the dialogue plays in this over when he's driving the yeah, car or exactly. So that makes sense that the film stuff has gone in and made them into horrible little scroots. No one asked, Kate. No one asked you for this, but this is one of my favourite... I think it's his top five favourite Christmas scenes of all time. It's Kate describing the death of her father. (laughs) Ending in the line, and that's how I found out there was no Santa Claus. Which shouldn't be funny, but it made both of us laugh. It makes me laugh every time. It's partly because Billy is still, like, checking if phones work. Of course. Well, there's also, like, an emergency going on. (laughs) He's barricaded them in the house and is, like, doing all the checks. And she's just doing stare into the middle distance. Oh, that's when we notice the smell, you know? Yeah. And essentially, in case... I mean, obviously, go and watch it. There's so many places to watch it. And it's Christmas. It'll be extra everywhere. Yeah. But... (laughs) basically the story goes that her dad went missing on christmas eve (laughs) didn't come back it got cold you know a few days later she went to light the fire noticed the smell got the fire brigade in expecting to see like a dead cat or something and it was her dad who had tried to climb down the chimney to surprise them both with holding loads of christmas holding loads of christmas presents which is totally a place you can fit by the way it wouldn't have been just as effective to like sit in the ashes of it, you know, for when you came downstairs no. or anything. You have to climb. And then uh, it broke his neck, just slipped and broke his neck yeah. in there very quick. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like something you tell a child so that they don't have to know that their dad just I mean, starved it, to death in a chimney. It's bad enough, isn't it? Like, you know, Fine. like I, I don't I don't think that like, yeah. oh, sugaring the pill there where it's like, uh, you know, your dad died horribly while dressed as Santa Claus and, uh, and, you, and you, found his, you. you found his body. But like, yeah. don't worry, he didn't suffer. Um, <laughs> you know, that. But uh, yeah, I've said it's the most awful thing in that it really made me laugh and I feel awful about it. Good. <laughs> you should and so do I a little bit, but not really. Anyway, they're so properly demonic. We go to the cinema. Yeah. And they're properly demonic in there watching Snow, Snow White. White. And fiddling about with all the projection stuff. Yeah, and just generally causing chaos. But then when they get the projector working, they all sit down to watch Snow White. And they, they do, love it. and they love it, and because it's cinema. But you're dead right. They're watching the screen, and they love television, and yeah. so yeah, they can and see that. And junk food. They don't like yeah. anything healthy. It rejects the apple. Yeah. It will only eat absolute Popcorn, cack yeah. and and candy. It's drawn to candy because yeah. that's all that's advertised on TV. Yeah. I can't believe I never noticed it, but it is. No, a, yeah, I think but it, it's, is actually it really there. works. Um. How do they all know the tune, including Gizmo? And it's because it's TV. Yeah. Yeah, it's an old film. It's not like it's just come out. No. Uh, Strong Worms game sounds uh, from <laughs> yeah. Gizmo sometimes. Uh, run away. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Bye-bye. That's the one it did. Yeah. But yes, Gizmo is still in the picture here, but of course has a, a much reduced role in the second half. And that's because well, it wasn't written to be in the film. In the true, half. but it's also very handy that half of his incredibly difficult to animate body is in a knapsack. Isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for a lot of it. Or a car. Yeah. So Kate and the gang go on the run <laughs> and the gremlin grabby hands through the door oh, yeah. is actually kind of nasty. When the church is trying to keep them all in the cinema. Yeah, you know when when something's animated or puppetry and it does grabby hands, you have an option, like a bit like with the Muppets, where you could just trap their hands and it would look a bit like you'd trapped the hands of something, yeah. but it would also go lifeless. Yeah. They don't do that. They are actually grabbing yeah, through there's a real, the... There's a real sense of like 
desperation mass behind oh. the door as well. Yeah. And like, yeah, we only see the hands around the edge, but you do, it is well sold that you feel like there's a lot of gremlins Yeah, there, really desperate just, like, to get to you. Yeah. Where is it? Come on, grab your hands. Mm. <laughs> and then very bold to show them all burning alive in there. Again, <laughs> no. spending a little bit too much time watching things that we've seen alive burn to death. Um and be frightened about it. I, I don't know, there's something... Yeah. They realise that Stripe is out of there. He didn't burn with the rest of them. He's gone to the candy shop across the way yep. because they ran out of popcorn. <laughs> uh, and then I said, Tommy obviously used to make toys to last because that sort of walker thing that Billy uses to smash the window broke glass before it broke itself. <laughs> yeah, I think it might have just been a brick, painted brick on yes, a stick. Yeah, or, you know, it's because it's the candy bit they've used sugar glass. Yes, perfect. Seems unwise from a business perspective I will say the big red robot that they pass is absolutely incredible I love the robot, I noticed the robot yeah, absolutely stunning apparently it's this, there's another one uh, in E.T. there's another one, they're, they're all right. they're dotted the yeah. red robot is dotted in Spielberg uh, related films right, makes sense yes E.T. toy is there as well yeah, and I spotted a Bugs Bunny, which is one of oh, brothers. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense. And then Stripe goes on a tiny bike. So, yes, this sort of... <laughs> a strange department store climax where our hero getting his ass kicked by a gremlin with a series of sports and gardening equipment. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which is good fun, but has always struck me as slightly narratively unsatisfying. Yeah, it feels like it just suddenly abruptly ends, but that's because they had to change the whole ending of the film. Spielberg right? again, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, what was the original ending? Well, because well, I don't know. I don't know what the original original ending of the film was, but it was Spielberg's idea to have Gizmo save the day. Right? Oh, okay. As I understand, Steven Spielberg has the idea, the conception that yeah. the hero of this movie. Is Gizmo. Oh, okay. And to me, yeah, the hero of the movie should be Billy. Yes. So it feels narratively unsatisfying to me okay. that that Billy doesn't do very much in the in the final mm. confrontation, except, you know, take an arrow take to the it, knee. exactly mm. and be attacked with a chainsaw and all sorts of things. <laughs> yes. And that it is, even though I, I get you know I, I think it, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I just. It, it, yes, it just feels narratively unsatisfying that, it, that, it's, that it's Gizmo in his little car. I also don't know if it's an absolutely terrible chainsaw or an absolutely incredible baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot yeah, of Yeah, you think ripping. it should go through that quicker, yeah. quicker than that. I mean, the... it's literally designed for wood, but whatever. Yeah. Made to sell cars. Well, he's in a little toy car brimming oh, around the place. Right. Yes, very he's much very cute. But it is nice to say it does tie in because... It feels like he gets the idea from yeah. a bit of remembered television. Yeah, we get yeah. And that, yeah, ties into what we were talking about. Exactly. A very brief, I will say, Phoebe Cates, is that her name? Yep. Phoebe Cates doesn't get much to do in this no. film. Um, not really many lines, but her hair's incredibly shiny, and <laughs> apparently that's what matters. Um, it's been a rough night for Rockin' Ricky, but he's still on the uh, on the air, was also a title choice. Um <laughs> Poor Billy looks wrecked, and Rockin' Ricky's like, yes, I'm here, <laughs> I promise, on the radio. Well, it's things like that that make it just slightly more kid-friendly. Yeah. Where it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, this sympathetic character that you liked well, uh, wasn't, like, horribly murdered. But also, yeah, but also, what a graphic death for Stripe. 
Yes. I don't know what's kid-friendly about a melting skeleton. It is Nothing. incredible effects. It's really nicely done. It made me think of The Terminator. <laughs> which nice. Which is same year, so I don't think housing. it's a... Right, yeah, fair enough. Um, not just because it's an animated skeleton, but because of the mm. melting and the 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 elements where some of it's uh, stop motion. Yeah. 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 Really amazing. Um, I I don't know. I for me the disappointing ending mm-hmm. is the guy coming back. Oh yeah, the old Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Like oh, we've this film's finished, but we can't leave this Mogwai lying around. We better take that away again. Yeah. Yeah. In case it rains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it's nice that it didn't rain at any point. No, I know. Well, so, so don't think too much about these things, about the midnight thing, or they don't get it wet. <laughs> you know, or how, how this is supposed air. to Have work. Have they never seen signs? Why, yeah. You know, why... Uh, I suppose it's been established that sunlight kills them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you'd think that only takes one or two of them. It's apparently popping off hundreds of these things. It's weird that they're all in that little bit of sunlight. But yeah. It's, it doesn't... Ignore it. Yeah. Ignore it. Okay. That's fine. Mass hysteria, apparently. <laughs> but yes, uh, consequences to your actions. I think maybe then that's why that guy is there to say, like, oh my god, you taught him to watch TV. Yeah. And now he's rubbish. <laughs> you know? But yeah, it does feel a little bit like. Well, that's tacked on because, of course, Gizmo wasn't supposed yeah. to be there. But then you've got the thing where it's like, we can't kill off the good one. That It's like, we'll undo all the work that we did in the rewrites. Absolutely. But you also can't leave it just living. It's too, it's too easy to get him wet, it's, yeah. and the whole thing will go wrong again. Yep. I've got a couple of interesting facts about this film. Go on, that we didn't fit in. Yeah, yeah. didn't fit in anywhere. One is that one of the voices of the Gremlins is um, Michael Winslow of Police Academy fame. Right. One through seven, the man that makes noises like planes. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a skill. It is a skill, and one is that it was released in the same year as. Can you guess? The summer oh, of Terminator. That year. I was going to say because I, I I thought about Terminator from that thing there, but I know right. that was nineteen eighty four as well. I don't know when. Yeah, uh, Ghostbusters. Right. In the cinema at the same on the same day, you could have seen Ghostbusters, and Gremlins. It's not a bad afternoon out, is Absolutely it? Absolutely wild. Especially not for you know fans of this podcast of sort oh, of slightly supernatural things. Exactly. It's weird that it was a summer release yeah, because it, it was feels very. It was delayed. Christmas. It was meant to be Christmas. Right, yeah. It was designed for a, to be a Christmas uh-huh. film, and then they were like, "Do you know what?" And actually, there's a rumor that somebody did it on purpose, but I think it's more likely to be delays. Mm-hmm. Within the system and within making it, so sure, and that you, know. you and that there's only when you have a big launch movie, there's only yeah. a few points of the year at which you're gonna put put a big one out. Totally, and one of them might be Christmas, but another one would be like the summer. Yeah, yeah. Do you have anything to add? Because I'd like to end it on a quote from Joe Dante. Just, I suppose, the, the, to make it clear, because I realised I've, I've been a bit, I've been on a downer on the ending there. <laughs> yeah, um, but I. I do enjoy it. I do think it's weird, and there are a few bits that like seem to jar a little bit. But you watched it for the first time when? A couple of years ago. Yeah, with me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but but it's tremendously good fun. Yeah. Uh, it's got a lot of heart to it, and yeah. it, and it is. Yeah, I, I did really like it. I just wanted to. I'd like to make clear at this point that I <laughs> enjoyed enough. it. Go ahead. 
I still have no idea why this picture was successful. <laughs> Joe Dante. That's Hollywood for you. Yep. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Any idea what you're going to do next week or next time? Well, all things being equal, we're going to do another yes. Christmassy one. And it's going to be the BBC 1960s adaptation of Whistle and I'll, <gasps> Whistle and I'll Come to You. Yes. The Emma James short story yes. done as the ghost story for Christmas, mm-hmm. which I believe is uh, still on YouTube. Um, nice. That's handy. Or at least it was uh, recently. It's also been uh, released on DVD now mm-hmm. and is, I think, a 45 minute or so television yeah. adaptation starring Michael Horton and something that I watch every year at Christmas yes. as a sort of tradition. So I'd be delighted for some of you to join me in that yes. yearly Christmas tradition. I think it's a cracker. I'm looking forward to it. That wasn't meant to be a Christmas pun, but what can you do? It's Christmas. Unless you're listening to this in July or whatever, in which case... It was Christmas, and it will be Christmas again. Unless you don't celebrate in which... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Thank you so much for listening to us Babylon about... Babylon? Babylon. Oh. About this... Um, <laughs> no, David Gray, what have I told you? It's Christmas. Um, <laughs> let him out of his cage. When... You want to, you can contact us on... Yes, whatever you want to. <laughs> you can contact us via all of the usual channels. All of the details are beneath you where you're listening. But I will let you know verbally in case you're eager and willing with your fingers poised above the keyboard. Uh, Pod on Twitter, haunted underscore picture underscore palace on Instagram and hauntedpicturepalace at gmail.com for email. Brand consistency is for losers. Have a really, really, really fun time, whatever you end up doing. Uh, eat too much, I know we will be. And don't have nightmares. Oh, bye, everyone. Oh, bye. Oh, bye. And did he, did he do like a monkey pick, like... Like Mighty Joe Young or something like that? Was that him? It wouldn't surprise me on any level, and I'll tell you why later. Okay. I might look in... I might... Have I got, I'm going to look into that. Can I look into that? Is my computer up to it? Don't do it on your computer. Do it on the phone. Stop it. No. We're not, we're not testing the computer's metal right now. So, Joe Dante. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Monkey. <laughs> Just the films he directed. Oh, okay. Did you read the same anecdote as I did about how they were going to do the gremlins and whether they should put monkeys in suits? Yeah. You've recorded that. I thought you'd paused it. I'll cut it out. I'll pause it if you'd like. I'll pause it now. So you can say anything libelous you want. We're rolling again. So absolutely nothing to do with monkeys. No monkeys. No, hates them in fact. (laughs) Actively destroys them on sight. Yeah. Joe Dante. (laughs) I said you were to say the libelous bits when we weren't recording. (laughs) 